Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. I am Pastor Lundin Lee of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship, and I'm happy to be with you tonight. Let's dive right in. I got some really good things I want to talk to you about that are connected to our relationships with ourselves and with God. And I, I heard something from the Lord that I really want to hurry up and get out. So, Father, we thank you so much for this time together tonight. I thank you for all those that are gathered together in your name to hear the words that you have to say to us. I submit myself to you, Holy Spirit, and I allow myself to be exposed in any way that you desire. Anything that will help others to cross over, to, to break away from the things that have held them back and to release us from bondages, sicknesses, sins, diseases, whatever it happens to be. I thank you that you have a fresh word for us. And I thank you for the way that you love us and you give to us so beautifully and so completely. I submit to you so that I am accurate in releasing what you have placed within me, what you desire to say. And I pray that the ears of all the hearers are anointed to receive from you, that there's a willingness and a desire to work and to walk in the things of the kingdom of God and to depart from any and everything that would hinder us from fulfilling your desire in our lives. And I praise you for it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. As I was preparing for this, and I'm, I'm sure all of you know that this is a pre-tape, so I am actually doing this on a Wednesday, but it is uh, earlier than the designated time that we go live. And I was hearing the father and he said that there was something that he really wanted me to express. So our topic tonight, as you know, is kingdom relationships. And we're talking about our relationships with God. And we're talking about our relationship with ourself. And we're going to wind that up uh, within the next couple of weeks and move into the next part. But I, I want to be really thorough and take the time to address all of the different components. And already uh, we are moving in a different direction from what I was thinking that we were going to, but we are going to look at some of the scriptures from our worksheet. But one of the things that the Lord is talking about when I'm talking about your relationship with God and we're talking about how can we uh, connect to him or uh, have intimacy with him when you have been disappointed by him or you feel that God has not met the things for you that he said that he was going to do. And the Lord said to me, he said that many of my people, they think that I have hurt them because they have asked me for things that never manifested. And I got the implications of what he was saying. I'm not adding to it. It's sometimes when you receive those words from the Lord, it's like you get this whole picture. You get very few words, but you get the picture that tells you the story of what he's talking about. And so I could see where people were asking for the wrong mate. They were asking for uh, to, to get a certain kind of job or to live in a certain place where that God would make somebody turn somebody's heart a certain way. And a whole lot of things that the father said, they're disappointed in me because they think that I failed them and I failed to deliver to them. He said, but they're asking me to deliver what I never said that I would. You see, because with God in the first scripture that he, he dropped in my spirit is Jeremiah 29, verse 11, which is a very familiar um, scripture to those that 
that do a lot of Bible reading that where basically God said, I know the plans that I have for you. And their plans to give to to bless you. I'm paraphrasing this and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. I don't really have to paraphrase it. We can we can look at it. Um, but we're saying to him, oh, I think that God doesn't like me very much because, you know, he never gives me what I want or some kind of whiny thing like that. And we're very sincere in what we're saying. We're just very ignorant that. Um, we're asking him to do things outside of his character and he won't do it. We ask him to do things outside of the perfect will or the plan that he has developed for us and he won't do it because God does not alter his plan for our lives. He doesn't change it and, and try to make it what we want it to be. He's not a parent of spoiled children that, that he tries to appease us by breaking his his own personal honor. He doesn't try to uh, become something likable to us. He's not insecure at all. And I think that's something we should be happy about. But he says that I know the thoughts that I think. Now see, even that, that's King James. I know what I'm thinking about you and I know what I'm doing. He says, I know the thoughts that I think of you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Whose expectation? His expectation. And we think that God, that you can't expect anything from God because you never know what he's going to do. But he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And and here he says, you call upon me and you go and pray unto me and I will listen to you. But the words that we are to be praying are the words that he's already provided. Uh, it's, 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 it's not complicated at all. But man has worked on this and religion has work to teach this thing in such a way that it does become complicated. It becomes like 17, 25,000 steps to get God to do what you want him to do. And I'm going to tell you, just throw that mess away because he's not going to do what you want him to do. He's going to do what he said he will do. He's already done what he said, and he continues in that flow. So it's us, as the song said, you know, we we got to be the ones to, to get in the river. We have to swim in his river. We cannot expect him to comply to our demands as though we were the dictators and that as though we were him and he was us. It doesn't work like that. So then he said, um, so they're disappointed in his failure to deliver what he never said that he would. And he says that we ask for things in this instance. And I'm, we're going to have the rest of the conversation flow in this. We ask for things from a wounded place in our souls. And so we ask amiss, as James 4.3 would tell us. God does not obligate himself to give us what he never promised. God does not obligate himself to give us something that he can see ahead and say it will draw you away. It will pull you into idolatry. It will put you into bondage. This individual that you're desiring so greatly, it's because you're from a wounded place so that you don't see them clearly. And there's so many more things like that. The financial, um, the hustle of this and that and the other. God is not going to fulfill a worldly standard for our lives, an earthly, sensual, devilish standard. He's not going to give us what Satan suggests that we ask him for. So I pray that that clears something up for someone 
or a lot of someone's that you may very well be upset with God because he did not give you the things to destroy you. He did not give you anything that was going to be counted as evil toward you. And it's interesting because I wrote these things down too, that God keeps his promises because a promise from God is his declaration and his announcement of intent. This is what I will do. And so he tell he intent he intentionally tells us this is who I am and this is what I will do for you this is what I have for you this is what will come to you this is the direction that I I want you to walk in and these are the assignments for your life you see the answer was not no this is what he was saying he said the request was not in the plan Jeremiah twenty nine the request what you asked him for was not in his plan for you. He knows the plans that he has for each one of us. And when we ask according to, Jesus said this, when you ask the Father in my name and you ask according to the will, to, to what he desires, you, you, you simply, and in our day, it's simply receiving what he's already said was a part of what I've called you to do, I also equip you to do. So the answer was not no. The request was not in the plan. It was outside of his declared will and intention. This, as for me, as for the, this is what I will do. So the plan that God has is part of the assignment of our lives or the, why we were deployed into the earth. And it is his commissioned purpose and the kingdom purpose for our lives. The, the commissioned purpose is the kingdom purpose for our lives. It would never give God, our Father, it will never give him pleasure to give us something that will harm or destroy us. So I, I know there's an old religious kind of thing. Well, sometimes God says no. And the Bible said the, the Bible says sometimes you ask amiss. All right. So it's not it, it, it's it's you got to kind of move from, well, I never know what God's going to do. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. What did you ask him for? What what were you expecting? What were you looking at? And see, this comes back to relationship with him intimacy with him and and uh he it's all there in the word in matthew remember jesus asked the question if you asked him for a fish would he give you a stone if you asked him for this would he give you this if you asked him for something according to his will would he give you something outside of his will the answer would now that answer is no no he's not going to give you what's outside of his will for you he's not would you give your baby a flamethrower i think not or an assault rifle of course not would you give a sharp knife or a, you know, a sword and, and put a baby's hand or your own hand or anybody else's on the blade of a sword, a sharp sword? No, because you're going to die probably because you're going to cut to the, the beyond the quick to the living vein. And then the bleeding would be ridiculous. I, I, you know this. And so why would you think that the best father of all, the father, our father, would deliberately set you up uh, to give you something outside of his will. He does not do that. And he wanted me to share that tonight. And so that's what I'm doing. And the scripture tells you in 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all of the promises of God are yes and amen in him. It is so because it is to his glory. It is to his glory. And, and, and that's... <laughs> In, in and of itself, that's quite excellent. 
But the thing about our father that I think is of the most telltale for us is that he does what he does. He makes promises to fulfill his own pleasure on our behalf. He wants to give us every good and perfect gift from above. From above, And sometimes we're asking for something earthly, sensual, and devilish, and it's not going to come our way. I pray that you rejoice in this truth as we move forward into the rest of tonight's uh, teaching, but that you rejoice in the fact that your Heavenly Father is so good to you. He will never deliberately give you anything that will bring about destruction in your life. All right? Um, so I'm going to talk uh, really what I what what I am impressed to go on with is to talk about what gives God pleasure and how we in our interaction with him that this is what we are called for I took notes I actually do watch these different broadcasts and I take notes I learned a lot uh, from the things that the Holy Spirit is saying uh, through me or through whatever vessel and I've just come off of a two-day uh, uh, I don't know how you say it. I'm still in the afterglow of the most recent loving unity at Golden Altar in San Jose. I uh, That was amazing. And to see the things and to hear the things, to see the miraculous, to hear the word of God and to, and to just be absolutely, uh, the, 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 the opportunity for transformation is huge. And I received so much. I, I just had a really good time. And and so I'm going to just flow in that. Now, another thing that was very interesting is that while we were there, I, I think those of you that are, I know this, that I've released the first four teachings on the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. And we had some audio issues on the first couple of them. I... Uh, hope I pray now that we have fixed the sound issue the we is really it was me I was my own sound tech and didn't hear how low my voice was I was trying not to talk loud because my roommate was sleeping but then again when you started hearing her snoring through the thing I guess it was okay <laughs> it was okay for me to just go ahead and talk as loud as I wanted because I wasn't waking her up but I didn't know that so anyway I do apologize but if you have um uh, if you can cast the video to your TV, you can turn up the volume. You'll hear it quite well. Uh, it's it, The teaching is sound. The sound itself was not as great, at least the first three. But the fourth one, we got it fixed. I We, it was fixed. We, because I got suggestions from others on what to do as I was posting it. And this week, I'm going to do some more of them, most likely later tomorrow or the next day. And I'll do the next four segments. And so they'll come out in segments of... Uh, four, most likely 30 minute, uh, th roughly 30 to 35 minutes each. And it's going to follow some of the outlines that are already on our website. And then there'll be other notes may have later on. And one of the things I'm very excited about is we're going to take communion. And I'll, I'll give you that warning at the beginning of that, whatever taping that is, and just say prepare, because I'm gonna, we're going to take communion ba uh, based on some of the things that the Spirit of the Lord has said. And uh, it'll, it's going to be good. So I'm not talking about the powerful voice of the blood of Jesus right now. 
but that does kind of find its place because it's still going back to relationship. Now, we have some standards. I'm not going to try to hold my notes up because it just depends on how this video posts, whether they'll look backwards or not. But we have been talking the same notes about intentional superhuman living, which is the spirit to spirit life. And my little phrase that I say is this kingdom thing of ours. And I believe by the end of this, you'll, you'll, catch a whole lot more of why I say that. We were looking last week and talking last week about what it means to be a lover of God. And and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say something that really got me, that a lover of God allows him to love them, a true lover of God. That's spirit and in truth, you know, in John 4, I believe it is, where Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, and he said, the time has come and now is that the true worshipers of worshipers of God would worship him in spirit and in truth because the father seeks those and so he's saying the same type of thing the father is seeking those that are willing and would desirous of receiving his love because it gives him pleasure so as I was taking uh, some of those notes I was looking at that and it, again he, because he was talking about how um Oh, here it is. Okay. I take my own notes. That this is intimacy. That a lover of God is one that is in a deep, intimate relationship that far surpasses a physical connection. And that's something about like what was said last week. And it's one that lets him love you. So you allow his love, the love that he puts in us, to be released within or inside of us and then to flow out of us. We want his love. Now, I'm going to tell you something that was awesome for me. Um, here, the note says, receive his love for yourself and let him love you. While we were at this uh, Loving Unity meeting last weekend, the worship was incomparable. And we had a time that, that it was just so freeing. It was corporate worship. It wasn't each individual just deciding, I'm just going to stand here and do my own thing. I don't like those songs, so I just sing what I want to sing. It wasn't like that at all. There were moments that you're looking to say, can I get into it? You know, I want, I want to be a part of this as, as we're in the river, as we're, as we're doing these different things. And I had this understanding that touched my heart in such a way. I've shared it with a few friends, but now I'm going to share it with all you other friends, okay? Uh, actually, this happened on Sunday. After uh, coming out into the, the fall, the, the flow, still in the flow of everything that took place on that Friday and Saturday. And so on Sunday, we had worship that was incomparable in our own congregation and gathering and as the songs were going and we were singing songs to the Lord I had this moment where I knew he was giving me the honor that's not even the right word but I I knew that I had clearance that's a better way for me to say it to put my arms around him you know, we talk about the embrace of God and we talk about singing to him but how he joys over us with singing. So I see he sings to us and we sing to him and we know that we can do that. But as I 
thought about his arms around me. I just had the realization and I could see it in the spirit. And you'll just have to take my word for that. Because when I go into worship, corporate worship, individual worship, looking, I'm looking for him. I'm looking for a sign. I'm looking to see, you know, um, that that he allows me to see. Um, and I saw myself put my arms around him. And then as my arms were around him, his arms were around me. And I could sense that I was just being held by God, but I was also holding on to him. And that this was a, it was a change for me because I'm always looking for that intimacy, but in some things, and maybe some of you can, can relate to what I'm saying, I, I kind of found it scary. You know, you can, you can develop a sense of relationship with him that will take you to a certain place. But maybe you don't have, you feel the nerve, the bravery to go any further than that place, that moment. And so for me to put my arms around him, I mean, I've run to him like daddy, you know, and, and jumped up. But this, this was intimate. This was different. What a wonderful moment that is, that the creator possessor of heaven and heaven and the earth, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wants to be embraced. He said to me, you know, I don't know that he said it. I heard it. It was, I was impressed of it. Not very many of my children want to put their arms around me. We want to be comforted. Yes. But maybe not very many of us ever think about the fact that I can embrace God. That the love that he's put in me for him, because he provides everything, I can release it to him. And I can seek him with my whole heart. I, you know, one day I'll marry, or I won't. But if I do, then... I would hold my husband in an embrace, of course. I hug my friends and family, my daughter and, and, and all that. My mom, you know, I'm blessed. A lot of people that I can embrace. This embrace was just to rest with my arms around him and his arms around me. This was just to stand there. That's what it was like with God. That's, that's what I would want in my own personal relationship is to sometimes just have that moment where your arms are just, you're just holding each other and it's love and it's peace and it's joy and it's comfort and it's all those different things. And that's what I was privileged to experience on Sunday. And it really changed me even the more so. I, I felt a, such a humbling and such an appreciation. And I, I also feel kind of a rooted thing like Maybe I crossed into something, another phase of what we were talking about last week. Do you have the relationship with me that you want? And I knew that the answer is no, he does not have the relationship with me that he wants or he desires. But I think I took a step in that direction just by being willing to put my arms around him. And some of you are asking, or whatever it is you're doing, you're thinking that sounds ridiculous. Well, then that just tells me that you haven't pursued it yet. And maybe you are also finding it a little fearful. 
But don't mock it just because it doesn't make sense to you. It doesn't have to make sense. It's a spirit-to-spirit embrace. I was not physically putting my arms around him, but I could see myself in that place with him where I can be more than I have been with him. I want this so much because it's relationship that heals everything else. And it's learning to accept his love for me on levels that I have not yet done it. Do I know that God loves me? I absolutely do. I know Jesus does. I know the Holy Spirit does. But in every area of my life, not necessarily because those would be the places where you doubt or you fear or you you back off or, or something like that. So this was my, I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, transparent before you to kind of just give you an idea of some of the things that happen. And so I was learning to receive his love from me and then to let him love me, but also learning how to express my love for him. Just him. Communion is like that for me too. So those were the things that that kind of, um, wow, just really, where am I going? (laughs) It's a marvelous opportunity that we have to be the children of God. We are the most blessed people. Our Father loves us unconditionally, royally. He loves us. And he would do he he has so many beautiful plans and things that he wants to to pour out into us and to and to change us. And this little thing called obedience, obedience is just a superpower like like you maybe cannot imagine. Do what he wants. Psalm 45 verse 11 in the uh, contemporary English version. I love that translation. It says the king is your husband. So do what he desires. It's not a control, my love. It's not a control. It's a freedom and a liberty that will allow us to experience a connection to the almighty God, a cre- the creator, possessor of the heavens and the earth, to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Holy Spirit on a level that mere Christianity will never get you to. And singing, doing a sing-along will not get you there. But a willingness to seek his kingdom and his right ways of doing things, the righteousness of God, it it will break open those hard places in our lives and allow the true essence of the spirit, if you will, of who we are to flow out. And we want that because it enables us to trust him and to seek him differently. To seek is to look for and to and to see. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. Look for the kingdom or look at the place where the kingdom is needed. And then we have the privilege of being a vessel that changes the atmosphere that allows the kingdom to come. I I come, uh, oh wow, God, I love you. I praise you, Jesus, I do. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I looked at a lot of scriptures before I started taping. And I was thinking about gratitude again, because I know I shared about getting back to that place of gratitude. And one of the things that was kind of funny, as I, share, I was talking to some friends last night, and these are some of the words that connect together. When I start expressing gratitude to God, and I talked about it, it enables me to submit to him, to submit to a timing that is different from my own. I was fretting over so many things. Um, I was I was fretting over when will this be? Will this ever happen? What about my finances? What about this? What about that? Because there's a lot of different things that have been going on as I as I shared with you. Um, but when the Lord reminded me of gratitude, you know he what he was not doing? He was not criticizing me. He was giving me the way of escape so that I would not live the common to man life, but instead would live from the seated place, the ascended life, not ascended masters and new age kind of stuff. Ascended as in being raised up to sit in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus and to live from the kingdom, to live from the place of victory, to live from the place of, of, of triumph in your life. Where and to live from the place of already done. This is the kingdom life to live in the earth as you are in heaven and to allow the things of the kingdom to be seen in the earth, in earth as in heaven. I'm, I personally, people who have known me for a long time, and I, I get those um, lovely comments and people, oh my God, Pastor Lenzine, you look great. You look this, you know, because I definitely look a lot different than I did even at the beginning of this year. And I, I, I'm always, my re typical response to people is thank you for your kindness. Why do I say that? I, I, I also, I say thank you, but I understand that this transformation is the inward transforming. You can go on diets or do health club things and eat right and do, and, and you should. But the permanent transformation does not come from the outward things. Because honestly, all we're doing with the food and the, and the exercise and the vitamins or whatever, what we're doing is taking care of the temple. But what is in the temple is what determines the outward beauty of it. So I thank you for kindness because the tender mercies of God, the transforming power of the love of God, that's what makes us beautiful on the outside. You can be pretty, you can be all these other things, but will it last throughout eternity? Are you developing the character of the king and the kingdom on the inside of you. Relationship with him is the only way we're going to get it. Receiving what he has for us contributes greatly to this transformation. Submitting to what he said. And oh, there's so much to that. Here I am. And I want, you are the king. 
I will do what you desire. Because the only thing you desire from me is that your greatness can be seen. You want your love for me to be showcased for the rest of the world to see. That's why we obey him. Because he's great. And we want other people to know how great our God is. We don't just sing those songs. Well, some of us do. But the world will not see how great our God is through us if we don't want to obey him, if we don't want to submit to him, if we don't want to submit to his timing and stop trying to hurry things that you're not even ready for. And if they came to you now, you wouldn't be able to keep them because the character of the king has not been developed in you. Uh, we make mistakes financially, emotionally, la, 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 you know all this. And God corrects it, cleans us up through the blood of Jesus, through his word, through his discipline. Not slapping you around, but speaking truth to you to strip away the, the insecurities and the fears and the wounds of, 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 of the back in the day, as, as some of you might want to phrase it. Oh, he loves us so much, but it's timing. And I, I want to go back to that in a moment. But hope, I get hope when I start trusting in the timing of the Lord. Why? Because suddenly I, the promises, the, the will, his pleasure, it's working all the time, working on the inside of me to energize me, to create in me the ability to trust him, to hope in him, to have peace. That what he said is precisely what he means. And I don't have to look at the family members or the, uh, the, the circumstances of the world and, and, and fall for the belief that everybody and everything is doomed or these things are going to last forever. Because see, God has spoken. And it's time when you start moving in, 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 in the places that he wants you to. You start hearing his voice. Relationship enables us to hear his voice. And we've got to hear what he's saying so that we will say what he said. So then you have trust. And you have, when you have trust, I trust him with no visible reason to do so. But I have a word. I have a promise. And I have a God that is able to fulfill everything that he said. And I rest in that, which means I cease and desist from fretting and letting my mind just roll and run and run and run and run and run and run like a hamster. I think I heard somebody say that recently, like a hamster on its wheel. I rest and obedience. It's not just obedience. I'm willing to do this because... All of a sudden, vision comes. I can see in the rest of God what I could not see outside of his timing, what I could not see outside. You know, you fret over time because you have a picture of what you want done, but your picture may not meld with, merge with, or align with what God means by what he said. So let's look at some scriptures. Um, let's go to uh, a couple of them we talked about last week. First Peter 
five six. And I also do remember that I had mentioned another uh, scripture that we wanted to kind of delve in. I asked you to read First Corinthians chapter two verses nine through sixteen, and so um, we can also look at that. But in First Peter. Um, chapter 5, I think it is. I tried to get all these scriptures ahead at the time, but now let me see. Can I get to you guys? Yeah, I can do that. Hold on. All right. So looking at First Peter, was it First Peter? Hmm. All right. We're going to go there, but let's, let's go over here first. We looked at Jeremiah 29. And uh, where the Bible said, I, I know the plans I have for you. In verse 12, it said, then you will call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. I'm going to pay attention to the words that are coming out. You see, first he said, I know the plans. And these are my plans for you to give you an expected and a future and a hope. Now, when you come into the timing of the Lord, when you submit to the timing of God, when you submit to the plan of God, the way God wants the plan to work then you will go and call upon him and you will worship him and you will praise him and you will thank him. You will be grateful to him. And those are the prayers. You will release the legalities of the kingdom unto him and he will hearken to you. He'll pay attention to what you're saying because you're speaking his word. You ever wonder, well, does God hear me? Of course he hears you. But do you get his action? Yeah, when you speak his word, because he hastens over it. He hearkens, he listens for his own voice to be spoken, his words to be spoken, and then he performs what he said. You say that God said something that God didn't say. God is not obligated. We, we, that's how we started out tonight. But when you say something that God did say, God obligates himself. It's a legal thing, and he's going to keep his word, okay? We have to learn to submit to the way he wants to do it instead of trying to tell him how our lives should be run. Somebody needs this. A lot of us need this. I, I definitely take it. But I'm, I'm going to say to you that you are frustrated with God for all the wrong reasons. He didn't. He, this is not on him, lovely. It's on you because you keep coming up with all these things that you think that you should have. And I don't care if you drive your BMW. I, I, I'm, I'm very, very prone to those cars myself. All right. I, I personally, in my life, I've made so many mistakes. I, I wouldn't even write the book. <laughs> I would not write a book on that. Nevertheless, I, I've done a lot of dingleback kind of things. And um, God has always gotten me out of it. Now, the lesson is supposed to be learned. The character is supposed to be developed so that you don't go that way again. And the biggest times that I've ever messed up, whether it's financially or physically or any other way, have been when I was trying to push for the timing of something. Sometimes it's been like manipulation or a temper tantrum, fretting, being nervous, uh, agitated, uh, um, anxious for things because because. I needed him to prove, I, I, you know, it's like, well, this is what I asked you to do. So why aren't you doing it, you know, the way that I want it done and when I want it done and how I want it done so that I can know that I really heard you, God. And it does not work that way. All right. I think I wrote, I did write about that in the book. 
So I think those are funny stories. You know, let me tell you something about Kingdom 101, the book. Um, I am writing a sequel and, and so forth. And I have 202 on the, on the uh, computer screen amongst a couple of other book projects I'm working on. But what I resolved to do was to tell the truth. And so what the book, anything I write is going to, anything I say prayerfully, it has to have the authentic, authenticity, the ring of truth about it. It's got to be something I really say. It's got to be something God has really told me to say, to, to, to do. I'm perfectly willing to bear my, uh, my, I, I'm not super happy when other people try to expose me because sometimes I have a timing and a rhythm and sometimes they don't get it right because they tell the story from their perception instead of from what I was, I, I'm the only one that was inside of it. And so I know, you know, myself and the Holy Spirit, I know why I did such goofball things. And sometimes others can recognize, they remember the circumstances or something else you said. So they may very well give great input. But your experiences are all your experiences. You just got to get the truth about them. You, you can't lie to yourself or you will, be, uh, you will be deceived for all of your days. You've got to tell yourself the truth. You've got to tell yourself the truth about you that you want what you want because you are being selfish or you're self-absorbed or you don't really care about other people or you do care about other people, but you know, you don't think people care about you or you're anxious or you're nervous or you, you're hurt and you, or you're jealous or you're, um, or you're not, you know, you're happy, whatever you really are, you've got to, you can't tell yourself the truth. You will never trust a thing that you hear coming from you. And God speaks to you through you. You're not going to believe him if you won't be honest to uh, uh, Dr. Baker, our apostle, has spoken this for years. And I know she got it uh, during her time at the Cathedral of Faith a uh, long, long time ago. But you've got to be honest to God, honest to others, honest to yourself. You've got to be honest to yourself. If you lie to you, you don't you you're who do you trust? And do you really trust them? So. Who do you bring? I've asked that question many times. Who do you bring to your encounters with God? Do you bring the authentic one or do you bring a pretense? Do you have an image? You know, people have had to wear masks since 2020. But were you wearing one before that? And do you still wear it when you look at yourself in the mirror? You know, when I do these particular teachings, I have to look at myself completely. I don't know if I'm looking at you or not, but I have to keep looking at me. And aside from the typical outside of yourself observations about where's your hair, you saw me fiddling with my hair and stuff because I can see it. So it's like, okay, let's get that out of the way. But past that is, am I telling you the truth? Are you getting the real person or, or is it an image? Hey, you're a pastor. You know, you got to, I don't know how to be anything else, but who I am now. Sometimes maybe there's a better, a stronger degree of transparency than there is at others. But my full intent when I do these things, when I'm teaching this class, is to tell the truth. Be, don't be anybody else. So if I'm feeling vulnerable, cry baby-ish or whatever, you're going to get that. Uh, 
Apostle Baker, Dr. Baker, she tends to say she she like many others, what you see is what you get. Uh, this is me yeah, in, in, in the raw form. I don't cuss because I don't cuss. Um, but I typically t I, I try to filter certain words because I don't know who's listening. And I'm, I, I, I don't want to get into a lot of slang terminology because I do have people I'm I get contacted people from other countries which is awesome and um you know i know american slang can be what it is but I, I like to talk kingdom a lot more so that's why i'm kind of taking my time even with this and you just can you imagine how often we feel like we're just babbling most of the time but i i, I think i'm pretty clear today so jeremiah 29 12 he'll hear you Second Corinthians 1.20, we talked about, for all the promises of God in him, yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So study that one out, Second Corinthians 1.20. That was the King James Version. In the Passion Translation, it says, for all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And as his yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. Uh, wow. You know what our amen is? It's I submit. It's behold the handmaiden of the Lord or the son of the Lord. Here I am. Let's do this your way. You're the king. You're the husband. I'm going to give you what you desire. Amen. And and he's fulfilled. He sent the promise. And we've said yes to the promise the way you want to do it. I submit to the fulfilling of your promise on your terms. And that brings him glory. Okay. Second Corinthians, uh, second Peter one, three, it says that his divine power has given unto us all things that are, that are to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. But what what's the point of that? His divine power gives us all these things. It's not us. It's even in Deuteronomy, you know, a lot of us know that scripture, it's the Lord your God who is giving you the power to create wealth in order to establish his, his, his covenant. He wants, he wants better things for us sometimes than we will allow him to give us. Is that you? He wants to give you something amazing, but you settle for what you think you deserve that according to the blood of Jesus and according to the, the sacrifice, you did, we know what we deserve, but God says, but that's not going to give me pleasure. It doesn't give God pleasure to punish you. And it doesn't give God pleasure to give you things that are inferior to his supernatural nature. So maybe you could start in relationship there with him. And look at how you're treating yourself. You're treating yourself as something less than how God treats you or wants to treat you. So, um, 2 Peter 1, 4, 4, again, it said, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises you might be a partaker of the divine nature. So you see, it's intentional. He's got a reason 
why he wants to give us these great things. It's because it brings us into fellowship, relationship with him, and into these places where there's an expression of his divine nature, the goodness of God, the power of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the peace of God, the, the eternal nature of God the everlasting to everlasting, which is never, ever going to run out, person of God, access to the out of this world person of God, this out of natural timing connection to him. Um, he has given his divine power, has given these things to us. And so then it takes us through all the things with faith and diligence and so forth and so on. But do you see just that part, just that part? I'll go back to Jeremiah 29. Let's look at verse 14. God says, when you seek me with your whole heart, uh, verse 13, he says, you seek me, you'll find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I'll be found by you. He says in verse 14, and I'll bring you back from your captivity. I'll bring you back from the places where uh, you're safe holding places or um, the nations and the places where you were driven because you were outside of his will and you weren't going, you didn't want to conform. You know, they were driven out of their own country because they refused to obey. They were not willing to obey him and they did not obey him. And that left them vulnerable. It leaves us vulnerable to the actions of others, to the actions of darkness. It's not the will of God for you. It's not the will of God for me. It's not the will of God for anyone. But many people experience it anyway because they don't want to have gratitude. They don't want to submit. They don't want to trust his timing. They don't want to receive his hope. They hope according to the world and not according to the kingdom. They don't want the peace of God. They want a different kind of peace. They just want people to just just quiet, chill. I just want that. They don't want to walk in faith in God. They put faith in man or money or systems of the earth instead of the creator possessor of the heavens and the earth. So therefore, there is no trust in him, and you know there's no rest in him, and therefore there is no vision, and so they perish, you see? So it, it all kind of flows together. I know I'm a little more sober tonight, uh, but it's okay. Um, we'll laugh, I promise. We will get to do that. I'm just so amazed about how he loves us and how he treats us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, listen to this in the Passion. It says, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. He is all about victory. He is all about each of us being able to walk in, in, a, in a manner with him that allows him to express his pleasure on our behalf. It's over and over and over and over that this, this thing about God having his pleasure, being able to, to express his love for us, right? Um, we're going to continue with that, but let's go over here now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16, which is what you were asked to read last time. It says, the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all of his lovers, those that allow him 
to love them. Okay? But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Despite why? Because remember, we are spirit with minds, wills, and emotions, and we live in human bodies, but we ourselves are spirit. So the connection with God, I told you earlier about getting arms around him, that's spirit to spirit. And from there, we live from that spirit place. And it starts to be seen in the earth. That's why it's in earth as it is in heaven. We live in heaven from the spirit. And so we release that same truth into the earth so that our life and our time in the earth will be more in the earth like it is in heaven. The realities, the supernatural, superhuman realities of heaven start getting seen in our natural or earth-connected earth life. But And this is you know this because that's what Jesus did. All the miracles that were performed, they came from the divine nature of the Father. They came from the supernatural realm. They came from the unseen to be seen here so that everywhere Jesus worked or walked or lived, it was in earth as in heaven, already in heaven, not being suddenly manufactured by heaven. You don't send a request and wait six weeks for the manufacturers to make it before they can send it to you and you wait another six weeks for it to ship. That's not the way it works. It's in earth as in heaven. But see, most of us, why do things take so long? Well, a lot of times it's because we're so used to living in the earth as in earth that we don't have a clue about what is uh, in heaven. That's why the timing may be different. But as we learn about it, and we talked about Kronos time and Kairos time and the now time of God, uh, those two things, one, the earth time bowing to the supernatural timing of God in order for the will. This is what happens when supernatural uh, truths are being seen, manifestations are seen. So he is revealing to us by his spirit. He has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus told his disciples to you, it has been given to know. That's what he's talking about here. So, um, after all, oh, it says, deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God who lives in us and talks to us and shows us things. You see, For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God. So that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. This is all for the pleasure of the king. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. Oh, loves, we've got to get into that. But mayhap we'll do that next week. We join together spirit revealed truths with spirit revealed words. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit, but they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of God's spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the spirit. See, even that light. 
spirit to spirit. It takes spirit to interpret spirit. It takes Holy Spirit to interpret the word of God, to open this word to us, to allow us to really begin to move in the flow when we live, move, and have our being. It takes the Holy Spirit to open this to our understanding. We can look up words in Greek and exegete and do all that stuff, and I do it, okay? But when I really want to know what it means, all that other stuff is great. But I got to go back to the Holy Spirit and say, now would you open this? And he shines the light. And suddenly what I couldn't really figure out before, I know by supernatural transference. You see, that's the power of the gospel of the kingdom of God. We did not, we, for we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. I've read all that, but I read it again. Verse 15, those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things, and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord, Yahweh, or Lord Jesus, well enough to become his counselor? Of course, Christ has, and we possess his uh, perceptions. In other words, we have the mind of Christ. And we hold the thoughts and intents and the purposes of his heart. We have this treasure in these earthen vessels. The ability to communicate with God, spirit to spirit, to hear what he has to say, and to bring the realities of the kingdom of God into this earth where we live. That's our privilege and our honor. But timing, you have to leave the timing into his hands. You have to stop running ahead trying to figure out i i think this is what it means and he, i saw this i dreamt this so it must mean this and 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 so forth you have to learn to be quiet until you really hear it until you really see it spend more time learning how to put your arms around him than you do running around with your arms flashing all up in the air we worship him Philippians 3, verse 3 says, We have already experienced heart circumcision, and we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws and religious duties. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done and not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. We live from the kingdom. Oh, to you it has been given to know. Let me finish up. I've got just a few more minutes. Those were both in the notes, Philippians 3.3 and um, 1 Corinthians 2.9-16. So I'm actually almost done with these notes or this particular edition of those, right? Yep, that was actually the last page of those. So may have something new for you next time or we'll just recap. Uh, but I want to close these out, close out tonight with a couple of things. One of the things, I'm going to go back to the Annette Cap, um, Cap's uh things for a moment uh the timing is in his it is in him it's in the heavenlies and timing in first peter 5 6 is talking about uh i did say we were going to go there so let's go there now shall we yes let's do that pastor okay uh y'all already there you should have been holding it all this time first peter chapter 5 verse 6 
reads in the King James Humble Series, selves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. The word I was looking for, I think you find the theme, is timing. Uh, in the Passion Translation, it says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave. The, the part I really like, you will leave the timing in his hands. He will eventually, eventually doesn't mean when he gets around to it, it means on schedule. It means that he will, the event that he had in mind at that particular time will be seen. If you will leave the timing in his hands and stop getting frustrated over the process. So many of you are frustrated and you're thinking, but I'm growing older by the minute. Well, no, actually you're ageless, timeless if you will allow it to be. Um, the timing, the timing there, that word, it is actually translated kairos. It's in his hands. And again, I'm going to tell you, gratitude is a superpower. You need to employ it. You need to, if you've ever watched these movies and things and cartoons where the superheroes, you know, one thing's not working, so they bring them something else. Well, if your frustration is not working, it's because your gratitude is on low. You need to turn up the power of your gratitude and turn off the other one and throw it away. Fretting and 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 just and stressing out. Why are you stressed? So I, you know, a lot of men get more stressed than women do, because they're they're trying to, <laughs> for different reasons. Maybe I think we all have uh, equal shares in that. But yeah, because you're trying. What are you trying to make happen? You're trying to be like Atlas and hold the world on your shoulders. Stop. It's not going to work. Um, trying to get this business going. I'm trying to get this money. I got to get this money. Hmm. Yeah, it's not going to work. You may get the money and never have the rest and never have the peace because if you got to run out and get the money, you're working for it. It's not going to work for you. Money, finances, wealth, it's supposed to work for us. We don't work for it. Yeah. What'd she say? <laughs> I said, <laughs> if you're running around trying to get the money, you're working for it. It's employing you. Money is not supposed, you're not supposed to work for money. Money is supposed to work for you. It's the wealth of the kingdom that you command. I don't mean like bossy boss, but I mean deploy it. Money all right, I'll just give it to you. Every dollar we have is as a kingdom assignment. You're supposed to be telling it where to go. There's a certain amount you're supposed to be telling it. And this is in 2 Corinthians 9, I think it is, where it talks about he gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. You're supposed to designate. You go to uh, the electrical bill. This part is supposed to go over here. This And come on, don't get mad at me. It really is so because it's part of the kingdom thing. Remember, Jesus blessed the fish and loaves and then told the disciples to distribute it because the fish and the loaves had just been given an assignment. You were to feed the multitudes. <laughs> Otherwise, how is it going to do it? It had to have a supernatural commission, a heavenly divine commission. And so the tuna sandwiches were for everybody, okay? Or whatever kind of fish it was, I'd say tuna. But um, the sandwiches, the, the bread and the, and the fish was for everybody because heaven had given, he had lifted, he had looked up to heaven 
and got the instructions and heaven had commissioned that little boy's lunch to feed the multitude. But it was a wealth principle. It was a giving. <laughs> it comes from relationship. It's still relationship. It's still trusting the timing of God. It's still refusing to trip out because you got all these people and this is all you got to feed them. I've fed mul uh, uh, what seemed like multitudes with, a, with very little. And I've watched that food go and go and go and go. All right. So uh, the timing is in his hands and the instruction from him and the multiplication uh, happens through him and the additions happen through him. And if you are impatient, you're not going to have enough to do anything, but gratitude will open up the the, the, the gushers. I, I, I'm a witness to that. I'm grateful for the bills that got paid. I'm grateful for this happening in my life this way. I'm grateful for the amount of weight that has melted off thus far. I'm grateful for the finish being right in view. I can see it now. I'm grateful for the friends that I have. Lord, I'm grateful for the church that I belong to. I'm grateful for my apostle and the company of apostles and prophets that she, that she uh, is involved with, that it has flowed into my life. I'm grateful to be able to sit in my home and do these programs and, and preach the God. I am so grateful that I have been one of the chosen of God to be a fivefold minister and to face what I face, but to be able to give the word of God and to help to equip others to do the work of the kingdom. I am grateful for the gospel of the kingdom of God. I am grateful for the teachers that have come before me. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Oh, so grateful for the, for the times that I've had to face things that I found so frightening and God, you broke me through. I'm grateful. That's what you want to say. And then you fill it in with whatever it is. The ability to have come to a place where I desire to obey you more than to sacrifice. The ability to obey the one that I love. I am so grateful that I can. My lover, my superhuman transfiguration comes through obedience. And the last thing I want to say, because we're definitely at time now. Daily, there are blessings. There's new mercies every morning. And there is a blessing, more than one, every day of your life that will build you towards the more and the more manifestation and the greater love and connection to God. Did you pick up your blessings today? Did you ask the Holy Spirit, what is the blessing that you want to release to me? Did you submit to him? And say, give, yes, you. I, I release myself to you for you to give into my life what you have. Oh, Lord, there's gratitude, there's joy, there's righteousness, there's faith, there's peace. There's, there's all these things and there's blessings every day and surprises. And I pray for each of you that you're surprised with, with better health and you're surprised with, with breakthroughs and you're surprised with the gifts that God has had in store for you, that, that you will start opening the gateways of gratitude so that these outpourings can come into your life. Wisdom and knowledge and understanding, it's always the principles of the kingdom to break you through. I am grateful to you for joining me tonight, for allowing me to speak and express the heart that my heart has been touched by God. And I want to touch you with that same heart. I would be grateful 
if you would write in, ask your questions, communicate on some level, and let us know how this is affecting you. Is your relationship with the Father improving? Astounding Love, it's Wednesday night, so the tithes and the offerings can also be released into uh, you know the things to do. I'm Lindsay Lee, the pastor of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship that is currently in Manteca, California. I am submitted to uh, the leadership of Apostle Dr. Baker. I am blessed uh, to be one that belongs to God, that has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in me to lead, to teach, and to guide. And I believe that I have released to you tonight what I was commissioned to do. I love you astoundingly. I'm praying for you. I will see you um, online as I release some more about the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. And I'll see you again next Wednesday. I love you astoundingly. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Good night. This was Kingdom 101 Relationships. <laughs> Good night.